0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spring training has begun. The Cincinnati Reds are getting ready for probably the most anticipated season ever. What is on your mind? Because we are going to a live Q&A straight out the gate here on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker with a frog in my throat, and that's Jeff Carr over there. No frog in his throat today. We love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds. We've taken that love for the game that love for this team, and we have turned it into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's show, we're jumping right into the Q&A. We want to get to what you guys want to talk about because, as Jeff said, spring training is underway. There is actual real baseball news to talk about, and we are stoked to have you here with us on this Aloha Live Friday edition of the show.
0: Yeah, we are splitting today's show up a little bit. There's going to be a regularly scheduled program. going to talk about L.A. De La Cruz, going to talk about Noelvi Marte's hamstring, keeping him out of the first five games of spring training. That's going to be coming up on uh, the episode that's going to post here just a little bit later on this afternoon. But this is all about the Q&A. You got some Q's, we got A's. You got
1: some takes, we got responses. Let's go. All right. Here, we're going to take a couple together because uh, the conversation was off and running uh, there Just in the that comment one. section before before we even got rolling, Jeff. So we're going to start in with this. Uh, I believe this is in uh, regard to Ellie De La Cruz. The Happy Hermit says he was great in June, horrible in July, August and September. And Grant comes back with fatigue is real, especially for rookies who are acclimating to the amount of effort that every day uh, MLB demands Ellie got gassed by the end of a year along with Abbott he's ready for 2024 uh, I put this because this is exactly what Charlie said as well uh, Charlie told us during uh, Charlie Goldsmith from the Inquirer told us during his interview with us this week that Nick Cross said exactly that that by the end of the season Ellie was gassed Abbott was gassed and I think that's what is so great about how far ahead of schedule The reds were with their rookies last year jeff because when the way we had this planned out when we talked about this in that god-awful 2022 season is that this was going to be the year that all these rookies came up and this was going to be the year where they all got pushed and gassed and had to learn how to extend and do all those things the great thing is they got that over with early they did that last year they're going to be ready to go for a full season now and i think that's the that could be the most exciting development out of everything that happened in 2023.
0: Yeah. If you ever like read a biography or you listen to a extended interview with a a player who's either long into their career or maybe even retired and kind of looking back on their career, they all say the same version of the same thing. Your first year, the biggest lesson that you learn is that you just can't always out talent everybody at this level. When it comes to major league baseball, Everyone is the top of the top of the top of their game because you can't get to Major League Baseball unless you are the top 0.01% of baseball players in the world, not just in America. So when you look at guys like Ellie and guys like Andrew Rabbit and, you know, even Matt McClain, we saw, I mean, he didn't have fatigue. He just straight up got hurt at the end of the season. Like, that's what happens. You hit a wall in your rookie year and that is how ellie's going to take this this past year he went into the off season he learned about exactly what he needs to do both mentally and physically to prepare for the 162 because there is nothing there's no level of baseball that prepares you for this and i i read an article um, I, I believe it was Baseball America that had the article that they posted on this was that the way that development is being approached nowadays is that every organization, not just specific organizations, but every organization in Major League Baseball believes that the gap between AAA and the majors is widening. You're getting to a point where it doesn't matter how many games you play at AAA, it's not going to fully prepare you. For Major League Baseball. So you continue your development once you get there. That's why we saw so many guys come up in 2023 because the Reds understood this. They understood that there was a certain point in all of these guys' development that Louisville was not going to be able to help them anymore. Ellie is definitely at that level. And pretty much everybody on the Major League roster is at that point where it's like, look, this is it. This is where they need to be. And they understood that. Ellie went into this offseason knowing exactly what he needed to do. And the fact that they showed up day one, not even day one of the whole team being required to report day one of pitchers and catchers reporting, David Bell comes out and says that the starting shortstop for your Cincinnati Reds is LA de la Cruz. That is an acknowledgement that he was given an assignment and he accomplished it this
1: off season. Oh, well, and it was good to see him working out with Soto all off season as well. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that can't, that can't be bad. Uh, right. No matter how that went down, that can't He's be pretty bad. good at baseball. That one Soto. Dave Culbertson checks in and says he's not been this excited preseason since 1972 or 1973. This team has the potential to be as exciting, if not more than his heroes of the big red machine. And he said, speaking of that, uh, rest in peace to Don Gullett. We haven't talked about Don Gullett, Jeff. Let's do that for just a second. Don Gullett passed away. Uh, That's a name everybody probably knows. Obviously a great pitcher for those big red machine. Reds uh, started pitching in Cincinnati at age 19 in 1970. He pitched a total of seven years in Cincinnati uh, before moving on to the New York Yankees for the final two years of his career. Don Gullett in his career, Jeff, in those nine years in professional baseball, never had an ERA. above four his highest era career was 3.94 uh started 16 games that year uh obviously his big accomplishments you know he finished uh started rather the world series for the reds in 1975 uh you've all seen the for the youtube viewers i'll throw it up here real quick uh the pyramid back there uh that's the starting lineup for game one of the 1975 World Series. And, of course, Don Gullett was the pitcher that day. So there's a signed Don Gullett ball up there. Uh, great red. Great pitching coach of my youth. He was pitching coach for the Reds when I was a kid. So, uh, you know, big loss. You know, great career. Great guy. Great baseball dude. Uh, I'm sure he'll be missed by many.
0: I'm kind of curious about this, and, and I definitely want to talk more about Don Gullett. And for those that have like very personal uh, memories of Don Gullett being a Cincinnati Red, love to hear you down in the comments section. I I remember him as a pitching coach for sure. And my question about that is, like, he was a pitching coach for the Reds for twelve years. Considering the landscape that is professional sports and especially professional baseball now, will that ever be touched? Like I know 12 years doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're a good pitching coach, it's not very long until you're considered for a managerial position.
1: Yeah. You know, we've seen guys that do it, but it's not all with one team. Uh, Mike yeah. Maddox is a name that comes to mind. He's bounced around to a couple different stops. Um, helps when Greg's your brother, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, unless you see things like what the Reds have done with Derek Johnson in that I'm sure that there's been some behind the scenes interest in Derek Johnson as a manager somewhere, but there's also other avenues available now in baseball than just being the manager. It's why we don't see Barry Larkin in the dugout. He makes way more money and has way less stress being in the broadcast booth. We also yeah. see with Derek Johnson that he was given the opportunity to be the pitching guru from top to bottom. He's you know basically the director of pitching development for an entire system versus just the pitching coach for a team. So, you know, that's a different carrot to keep a guy around for long-term as well.
0: I think the interesting thing with Derek Johnson will be as well, and I don't think it's this year, but we are entering the contention window for the Reds. If the pitching flounders through this contention window and things kind of get tough, I wonder if some questions are going to start to be asked about him. Like he's done a fantastic job developing a lot of different pitchers, but we are now getting into the point where expectations must be had. And there's not going to be this excuse of, well, they weren't going for anything. We're going for something now. So how does that affect his tenure here? And I mean, if, if he really does succeed, I think he's only going to hear more from the other teams that are needing managers. I, I, I speculate, I don't know this for, to be a fact, but I cannot believe that whenever Craig council jumped ship to the Chicago Cubs, that the brewers didn't at least call
1: him. And were like, Hey, what do you think? Well, and that would have been a reunion, right? So yeah, uh, that'll be something to watch. And I have seen it in the comment sections that people are like ready to hold him a little bit more accountable than they have been. I think it because, begins. Like, what, I don't think we. Do? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. It's not like a. It's not like a thing we look back and we we put the pressure on right. him
1: passes let's go to this from mitch he says i keep hearing india to left field even though steer played there most of last year is that because of his arm strength or lack of and steer would be more in right field when there's a left-handed pitcher on the mount that's exactly yeah. right mitch Um, you look at those two arms you compare and we'll compare apples to apples in that we're going to just look at the arm strength of steer versus india Uh, steer has more arm strength so you're going to put him in right field in that scenario and keep indian in left where you can kind of minimize the impact that that lack of arm uh will have on the team and at least try and keep the runners honest i guess jeff
0: yeah and i i think too that this is the Reds saying that you know as long as our lineup doesn't skip a beat and moving these guys around this way this is how we're going to operate and then we're just going to kind of hope that the defense comes along with it that that's going to be a big question all year long this is not something that i come into opening day saying this is exactly a good thing for the reds. Like the, the fielding is going to be questioned in the outfield and it's going to be up to them to answer that question as to whether
1: it's going to work. Let's go to this from Jonathan. So what's up with fan prospect rankings and only including two reds. I would have thought that they would have had four. Maybe it's because the gap between 50 and one fifty is really small. Um, well, a lot of the reds prospects aren't prospects anymore. Um, they're bona fide major leaguers. They've dropped off the list. As for the prospects coming up, I don't, Jeff. I don't know how you feel about this. I mean, I know we celebrate it and and we talk about it, and oh, so and so was ranked the number two prospect in baseball, the number one prospect for the system. I, I know we look at those things, but at the end of the day, stuff really doesn't matter. And the players will tell you that yeah, they notice it, but they're just going out there and trying to put in their work and make it to major league baseball.
0: Yeah, and. The interesting thing with that is the two that are in the top 100, I think, are uh, Rhett Lauder and Connor Phillips. Like, there's no Chase Petty, there's no Edwin Arroyo, um, Sal Stewart, or anybody like that. I know Sal Stewart, I think he made it on the ESPN top 100 list. But every other publication has at least four, and in, in some cases, six reds in the top 100 but i do uh i, I do agree with the point though and i've seen that made on multiple publications as well the gap between 50 and 150 is very small and you are starting to really you know uh really nitpick when you're talking about who's better between 70 and 90 or something like that i'm with you i don't, I don't put a ton of stock into it and to be honest with you i don't think and and correct me if i'm wrong because i i don't remember exactly but i don't think fan counts as far as because you know if you're a top prospect on certain publications then you make your team eligible for a first round pick if you finish so high in the rookie of the year rankings i don't think fan graphs is part of that i think it's just kind of their so. estimation of prospects and stuff
1: all right guys don't go away there is a ton more q a to come uh we're going to continue with your questions and comments coming up here in just a second
0: Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about a new sponsor, as today's episode is brought to you in part by Backblaze. Now, what is going on in the world right now? I mean, the digital world, really the real world as well. Data is the most important thing around, and you want to keep your data safe and secure. The best way to do that is with Backblaze. They protect all the data on your machines automatically. Backblaze offers multiple restore options, including rapid recovery in the event of data loss or ransomware. Start with a free trial today and then get unlimited cloud backup for Macs, PCs, and businesses for just $99 a year. Just go to backblaze.com slash LockedOnMLB. You can access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using Backblaze's web app or their iOS and Android apps. Few data protection services have the recommendations that Backblaze does. They're recommended by the New York Times, Inc. Magazine, Mac World, PC World, so many more all over the place. They love Backblaze. And right now, you can receive a fully featured, no-risk-free trial at Backblaze.com slash MLB. Go there, try it out, start protecting yourself from potential bad times today. That's Backblaze.com slash LockedOnMLB. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day here on this live Q&A where we're kind of splitting some things up. This is a live Q&A portion coming up later on. Got an episode talking about Ellie De La Cruz, talking about the star power that he brings to the table and the fact that I am just fed up with people who are trying to call him a bust and and, and tell me why he's not going to work out. I'm going to tell you why he is.
1: I know that's, yeah, that's,
0: that's stupid. Right? That's the most nonsense take that I've ever heard, and it's wrong. And I'm going to tell you why. That's coming up on a later episode today. But we will continue the QA here on this live Aloha edition of the podcast. As Steve, there's snow in the forecast. In fact, I think it's flurrying outside right now, but I got my Aloha <laughs> shirt on right now, and I'm thinking about baseball.
1: Snow. <laughs> ah, EJ Mac checks in, Jeff says. Always like to see when position players report with pitchers and catchers, you know, for the Reg 2024. Uh, Charlie talked about this also. Uh, If you haven't checked out that conversation we had with Charlie Goldsmith, go back, check it out. There's lots of great information in there. But one of the things that Charlie said was pretty much everybody but three or four players total had reported already when pitchers and catchers were supposed to report. The vibes, they are
0: immaculate. He was also saying too that everybody was talking about October. They weren't talking about opening day. They weren't talking about, you know, making an all-star game or something like that.
1: Talking about October. They got the right they got the right focus out in Goodyear. Captain Stir the Pot checks in. Mr. E with this. I'm saying Graham Ashcraft is our opening day starter. Um, you know.
0: Your there's lips to God's ears. There's, yeah.
1: there's an argument for that because he was the most consistent. He started the most games last year. I've always thought that the opening day starter should be a reward for last year, uh, a prestige thing for, for what you did. So if you're a long tenured member of the team and that's just your spot, great. If you did something amazing last year, that's your spot. Great. And if you were the most consistent, if you were the best performance then that's your spot. So the argument here would really be Graham Ashcraft or Andrew Abbott, right?
0: Technically from performance-based, but it's going to be Hunter Green. Like if Hunter Hunter Green Green. is healthy, if Hunter Green's healthy, it's him. And if Hunter Green's not healthy, it's Andrew Abbott. And then if Andrew Abbott's not healthy, then that's when we start talking about Graham Ashcraft. Like I love Graham Ashcraft. He's a great, he's he's been great so far. And I'm looking forward to actually seeing him break out and kind of become this consistent starter that he has shown in spurts over his couple of years here in the major leagues, but it's Hunter Green. They gave him the first contract extension. He is the star power on this pitching staff. Opening day is a pomp and circumstance situation. We can get into a different discussion when we're talking about game one of the playoffs. But opening day is about ceremony. The most ceremonial pitcher on the pitcher on the roster is Hunter Green.
1: This this disrespect you're showing to not even include Nick Martinez in the convert. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding totally joking the How nice thing this? is
0: hey by the way you you make that point the nice thing is we don't have a luke weaver to throw in here and joke around with or Holy a connor overton God. or something <laughs>
1: <God>. <laughs> jonathan checks in and says which prospect do you think makes the biggest jump in the top 100 into the top 100 uh, he votes for cam collier that's probably a, a pretty safe pick picking cam collier the interesting
0: thing about that is, I mean, he was in the top 100, I think, preseason last year. Um, the biggest problem has been he hasn't showed power. Uh, I, I think that there is some I, I was thinking he might start the year in Dayton. There are some that are saying that he still might begin the year in Daytona. And it's just because he really hasn't hit. And defensively, they're not necessarily sure if he can stay at third base. There are some that believe that he might need to move to first base. Because he's just not great defensively. There's there are a lot of questions that were raised from Cam Collier, but I think that he's got a point. Because of those questions being raised, if he answers those questions this year, we are going to see him jump up the rankings quite a bit.
1: Scott Campbell, hey Scott. Scott checks in and says, "Where is Steer going to primarily play? Uh, the outfield." I think outfield is the answer because a lot of it depends on India. So if the India experiment and the outfield is successful. Steer will play split between left and right field, depending on where India is playing. If India's experiment is not successful, then Steer will be predominantly in left field. Uh, he'll also get some time at second base. Uh, David Bell has said that first base, not so much on the table, that they feel like they have enough guys to fill that that position without really having Steer take Reps over there, so uh, we'll yep. see him a little bit at second base. I could imagine in a pinch, uh, shortstop third base. I, I mean, the depth on this team makes that scenario a little bit unlikely, but he could play there. But you know, corner outfield and second base, I,
0: I would agree. Um, I think, kind of like you said, the most uh, interesting part about Spencer Steer is the fact that David Bell basically did say those words he's not going to play first base. David Bell usually doesn't say very like he usually keeps everything open ended and who knows, maybe we see Spencer steer there for a minute, but the Reds do have a lot of first baseman on this roster. So I I don't necessarily think that that is going to happen very much. I think it's going to be more left field than right field to answer Scott's question specifically. Um, But yeah, he's, he's still going to see some time on the infield a little bit. That was something that I feel like early on in the offseason we heard Nick crawl say, yeah, he's moving to the outfield. And then as spring training here began, we heard them say, yeah, he's going to play some second and some third too. And it was just like, all right, yeah, Spencer Steer's going to be that super utility guy that we've been thinking.
1: What's so funny? I don't know what's so funny. What's so funny? Checks in and says, I've heard about Ashcraft and Lodolo. How bad are their injuries still? What we know about Graham Ashcraft with the foot is that he has good days and he has bad days and he's still feeling it. But. If he had to pitch every fifth day right now, he says that he can do that. As far as Nick goes, Nick uh, the, the goes, organiz- as far as the organization is concerned, Nick Lodolo was ready if the team made the playoffs. They were going to be able to activate them, and activate him and have him around for the playoffs. Uh, he's done his wor- workouts in the offseason. He's ready to go. Uh, from the Reds front office perspective, there is nobody that is listed currently as going to miss opening day or going to be unavailable for opening day. There's nobody whose timelines look like they already know they won't be available on opening day. So I wanted to ask you about that because,
0: and I was, I was thinking even more so in relation to Noah of Marte it's already being announced that he's going to miss the first five games of spring training. We know that the reds can be optimistic with their injury prognoses you want to hear
1: me yell about medical staff, don't you? Do we
0: do we think that any of the current players that are on injury reports, and it's just their reports are being in, you know, their injuries are being reported on. It's not as if they're on a list where they're gonna miss time. Do we think that all of them will be healthy
1: for opening day? Uh, I think Lodola will be there. I think Ashcraft will be there. I think Marte will be there. Um, I think all of their stuff is old enough now that even in red speak, they're going to be ready for opening day. Uh, The new stuff that crops up, that could be a different story. We saw Alex Young already on the list. Uh, That could just be a case of uh, having an inflamed. I already know I'm not going to make the team versus um, anything else.
0: Yeah, they're being you know proactive and a little bit cautious with a back injury but to be honest with you he's got options and the reds have plenty of left-handed i love saying that by the way they have plenty of left-handed options out
1: of the bullpen now so he he was going to start the year in triple a anyway so for me i i'm i I trust right now i trust that the guys that were carryover injuries or off-season injuries will be ready for opening day
0: i think i do too
1: but i will admit that i'm a pretty trusting guy Ah, uh, here we go. Randy asks, will any Reds pitcher pitch a complete game this coming season? Is there an over-under on that? Uh, I think Green was the last one to do it back in 2022. Um, not according to FanDuel. There's there's not an over-under. We could set uh, our own, but... we set our own. Num- over-under number of complete games. I think the 1. over-under 5. has to be a point... Oh, over-under 1.5? Ah. Oh, maybe I another. think that I just don't see there'll be two complete games this whole year. David Bell can't help himself. He just the can't only, help. Himself.
0: The only thing, the only thing that I can think, but not even in that, like blowouts, you still don't want to have your, oh. your starting pitcher throw that many innings. The only thing I can think is that Hunter green throws one and Graham Ashcraft throws one. I don't think Andrew Abbott does. I don't think Nicola does. I don't think maybe Frankie Montas can. Ah, I'll say they do two. One point five. Do I don't feel good. Of, take the over. So I'm setting
1: two. the over I'm setting the over under at 1.5. So and All I'm right. taking the under. You're taking the over. Make it a make it a
0: bourbon bet or something. If there's sure. two. If it, there's you two, two you buy me one. If, yeah. yeah. We can do
1: that. That'll, that's that'll do. All right. That's what we're doing, right. folks. Um you I, saw I, it. I, you I guys think are they might stumble into one if anything. Yeah. They they're not going to stumble Don't, into it. I feel good about taking the over, but I take the over on that one. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right, more Q&A coming up here in just a minute, but before we get to that, I want to shout out one of the sponsors of today's podcast and that is FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks. If your $5 bet wins and there's all kinds of stuff uh, for the NBA that you can bet on right now, NBA players, you can bet on quick bets. You can bet on live same game parlays, exclusive props, and much, much more over unders. They got that there. Uh, They didn't have the complete game over under, but you know, if they did, Jeff would be taking the over and he would be losing money (laughs) because that's just the way he does things. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot right now to get $150 back in bonus bets. Right now on FanDuel, they also have an over-under that is baseball-related, and that is steals. Steals for Ellie De La Cruz. The number, 40.5. I think I would take the over on that. You know Jeff would take the over on that. I think Ellie's going to be on base a lot. I think he's going to be stealing. He's going to be aggressive. Uh, you know, he he stole plenty of bases and wasn't on base as much as I think he's gonna be on in 2024. So get over to Fandle.com slash locked on right now. You, FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the official sports book of Locked On. Don't forget you can follow us between episodes. You can follow us on X, you can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. that's Jeff with three Fs. You can follow me at S Offenbaker with two Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, Jeff, let's dive back into this thing. Uh, I'm going to find another question here while you tell everybody about the discord and inside the reds.
0: Yeah, definitely. Check out the link down below to the lockdown reds discord page. A lot of great folks talking reds baseball all year long in between every episode and uh, more. And then also follow inside the reds.com. I wrote about my disdain for these people that want to, call on the demise of la de la cruz that's over at inside the reds.com. steve's writing over there austin's writing over there caleb sisk ricky chino and james rapine as well check it out it's inside the reds.com bookmark it today
1: john huss asks don't you think fernando cruz can come in and shut down a rally much better than ian jabot or buck farmer will crawl really bring the best pitchers north lots of questions in there um first of all fernando cruz showed us something but he's going to be the odd man out and just, I just, that's just the way I see it. Unless there's some type of injuries, he's going to be the odd man out uh, looking at the rest of this. Uh, okay, could he shut down rallies better than Jabot and farmer better than Jabot um, farmer depends on Farmers. which farmer you get. They're kind of yeah. up there, which but here's, here's the part I want to focus on though. Jeff, will crawl really bring the best pitchers North? Yes, but he's also not going to be, dumb about it. He's not, he's going to be very smart about this. He's going to use the options. He's going to use the, the things that he has available to him. So for example, TJ Antone could come in and be pitching fairly light out at the, during spring training, he's going to be facing minor league hitters. He's had this whole off season to work on his arm strength, but he's also not been able to demonstrate that he can stay healthy for a significant period of time. The smart play would be to send him to AAA Louisville, let him prove it, and then when you have a spot in the bullpen, you bring him up versus cutting a guy that could be valuable, bringing up TJ Antone, and then Antone can't prove it, and now you're out the guy that you cut, and you're out TJ Antone. So you have to be strategic. So, I But he's also said that guys that were, were big contributors in 2023 will start the season in Louisville. So I think he is looking to, within reason, while playing it smart, Bring the best group of relievers north with the team to start this season because this is a playoff race from day one. Never yep. mind Castellini and his spreadsheets. The Reds are in contention on opening day.
0: They are not, they are not among the the spreadsheet that Phil showed the Rosie Reds a couple of years ago. Uh yeah, and I think that's the important thing. We are sort of jaded to the idea of talking about players who have options because in the past, that meant that player was going down for service time manipulation. You're obviously not trying to manipulate Fernando Cruz's service time. You're not trying to manipulate TJ Antone's service time. It's just Nick crawl has a group of relief pitchers who are solid major league guys that don't have options, and then he has solid major league guys who do. And so he's able to have this bullpen that really, I mean, when you think about it, there's 13 pitchers that are on a team. You got five starters, so that's eight bullpen guys. The Reds could make an argument that they can go 11 12 maybe even 13 deep on their bullpen like take a take a moment just to consider how good this bullpen is and how deep this bullpen is now because of the additions of brent Suter, because of the trade deadline is, is, is acquisition of sam mall last year because of bringing back Buck Farmer and because Nick Martinez is probably going to start the year in the bullpen and the first guy that was brought in the soft season Emilio Pagan who we just haven't talked about at all because it felt like they signed him about a decade ago that's how long the soft seasons felt doesn't so it, doesn't it feel like he's been with the team yeah, for a couple years already I'm like yeah we're, we're considering his reds hall of fame candidacy now because he's been here forever no he was signed in december so there's all of this to be said that yeah there's going to be some good dudes that start the year in louisville but that doesn't mean that we won't see them and that goes for the
1: starting rotation as well all right let's squeeze in a couple more my voice is about to go i can feel it going so um sorry guys uh, i know we have non- allergies
0: good. even in hawaii huh
1: oh. i well you know i work in a hospital i'm i'm in yeah, a petri yeah. dish every day so that's true um, let's do this from Grant. Will MLB fix these awful jerseys, Jeff? They look. addicts jerseys are terrible. I, I love oh. the tweet. I love the tweet out of St. Louis, which shocking, right? But they were just like, these look cheap. These look yeah. cheap
0: <laughs> from they the clubhouse
1: in St. Louis. They do. They look terrible.
0: They look like somebody took a a... a- jersey like a t-shirt jersey and put it on um, jersey material it's just the the comparison from last year's jersey to this year's jersey is so bad and it made me think the other day because i'm just like you know i haven't bought a jersey in a while whose jersey would i buy honestly and this is a free solicitation so i i know we always say no free ads but dude i just go to cincy shirts and get an amazing t-shirt about ellie de la cruz or matt mcclain there i'd, I'd much rather have that especially after seeing these fanatic shirts they are garbage i don't know who made them
1: uh, but they need to unmake them and just go back to last year's <laughs> since we're free plug in cincy shirts i mean the people over there are great and yeah. it's a local business that they do great work over there. And every time I've ever been in there, the people that work there have just been absolutely amazing. hundred percent worth it. hundred percent. All right, let's get a few more in. Where did it go? Because this one is fun. I have been saving this one. Jeffrey says to Jeffrey, how can we get Jeff to shave that Sasquatch face of his? Uh, how about if the red start out 10 and O out of the gate, Jeff shaves his face. Listen, you guys, I want to tell you. No a funny shaving story. bet. Happening. Back in the day, happening. Back in the day before this show took off and and that Jeff was here full time, um, there was a job interview he went on that required him to shave his face. And I can assure all of you, none of you want want to see see it. You don't. I don't want to to see it. I don't want to see it. You don't want to
0: see it. No. (laughs) <laughs> we're not seeing it <laughs> i go back to looking like i'm 15 again
1: <laughs> kurt baker checks in and says well bell have a nameplate replacement that says i'm the true captain hook he can't help himself jeff i i you know we talk about this all the time that he's like that dude that's like i don't know what to do with my hands i he, he can't uh, help himself. that 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 that
0: nickname is retired sparky mm-hmm. was captain hook you Correct. cannot be captain hook he was captain hook i propose a different one and it's a shout out the spider-man miles morales game was a fantastic game on playstation i don't know if you got a chance to play it or not steve um but the main bad guy in that was called the tinkerer that should be david bells he is the tinkerer because he's going to tinker that's just gonna happen
1: that's pretty fair i'm trying to find one more and then my voice is gone guys and then there's going to be a
0: sarcastic person that takes the tinkerer and and um (laughs) Um, changes it to the tickler or the tinkler or something like that. And it's going to sound ridiculous, but yeah, no tinkerer is my
1: suggestion. All right, let's go one more. We had, we've, we spent a lot of time this week talking about India. Joseph says, everybody wants to trade India. I get it. I can see the obvious, but what do we do with him? Is the issue, I believe probably going to start in the outfield. I like having his bat in the lineup. You know, I heard you without me because this voice thing, Talking about India's bat and looking at it, you know, I don't, I've never really, I think, given him enough credit for when he's hot, when he's on. Um, I saw somebody compare him to Jeter the other day and that instantly hits you like the face you're making right now. Right. But, right. you know, it's not over a long, as long a period of time, but just in a vacuum, in a little view, I kind of get it. He hustles his heart. He loves the team. He loves being in Cincinnati. He plays at times at levels that make you go, wow. And then at other times at levels of like, let's trade this dude. Um, That was Jeter for, you know, and New York fans aren't going to admit that, but that was Jeter. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't an offensive juggernaut. He was hot. He was not, he was clutch though. And he came through when he needed to come through. I was going to say, I think. And and this is obviously not coming
0: from a Yankees fan. A Yankees fan would probably say a lot more about it, but I boil down Jeter to like five plays that he made in the playoffs. And that's why he's in the hall of fame. Like, had they not won the world series as many times as they did with him on the roster? I think he would have made the hall of fame, but he would not have been a first ballot hall of famer. Uh, I, I think that Jonathan India is him without World Series wins. I, I could I could definitely see that being the case, but he is the perfect example as to what the Reds' philosophy has really been over the last couple of years, and they're going to continue that philosophy this year, and that is if we can have a good lineup, that is what we're going for. We're not going to sacrifice run scoring potential because we have a better glove in a better situation.
1: Carlton Van Hoy with the comment of the the show the tinkerbell i love it exactly (laughs) oh my god when he wears the green saint patrick's day thing now i'm i (laughs) that's totally gonna get photoshopped Um, all right let's finish with this from josh i think will benson he's talking about here how does will fit in this year he played his butt off last year but it seems like there's too many moving pieces i don't think that's true josh because we're talking about will benson being the left-handed part of a platoon So all of the pieces that we're talking about moving around are right handers, whether it's CES, whether it's Jonathan India, whether it's Spencer Steer, all right handed. So Will Benson's going to be in there when there's a right handed pitcher on the mound. He's going to be the left handed piece of that platoon. Uh, More of a question mark really is where do you find time for for Jake? Excuse me, for Jake Fraley, um, because either Spencer Steer has to sit versus right handed pitching, which you don't want to do, or you're going to. That's where the juggling comes in to try and get Jake Fraley in the lineup
0: between that. And then I I think there's also a case to be made that he needs to be in the rotation for designated hitter against right-handed pitching. And then you could even make the case. And I I don't necessarily know that I'm going to make the case very loudly, but it's a thought that he could play center field over TJ Friedel. He's not a better fielder than TJ Friedel is, but he has better splits against right-handed pitchers than TJ Friedel does. So we might see that a little bit. I think we'll see more of him at DH than in center field. There, There's definitely going to be playing time for him, though, because I felt like last year one of the things that the Reds really needed was a consistent left-handed bat off the bench that whenever somebody – Whenever somebody needed to come out for a left hander reliever, and then the other team brought back a right-hander, then you could bring Jake Fraley in. I think that's kind of how he strategically fits in, at least early on with this team.
1: Well, and and I saw in Carrick. I threw Carrick's comment up there. I, I do think in the pecking order right now, it's Benson over Fraley. That could change. I do. They could they I do. could play that could play itself out. But I think as of right now, if you ask the Reds, that's the pecking order. Um, at least that's what I'm hearing. I think that's what you're hearing too, Jeff.
0: Will Benson, I mean, Jake Fraley hits left right-handed pitching pretty well. Will Benson murders right-handed pitching. And I think that will continue this year.
1: All right, Jeff, my voice is gone. You got to wrap us up. Let's do it.
0: I, Steve hung on this long with us through the Q&A. Like I said, there's going to be a solo episode of me just absolutely dunking on the haters about Ellie De La Cruz that's coming up. And we're also going to kind of unpack Noelvi Marte a little bit more, talk about what his role is on this team, even when – He is confirmed 100% healthy. That's coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. It should be in your feed not too long after this one, but thanks so much for joining us here on this edition of the Aloha Live Lockdown Reds podcast. We are here every Friday afternoon, trying to be around 2 p.m. We kind of got missed around this afternoon, but we'll try and be back next Friday at 2 p.m. taking your questions and your comments and keeping you up to date on your favorite team because, why, Steve?
1: make me talk because we're going to keep you locked on reds every single day oh my voice is just gone dude <laughs>
0: we got the most out of you A hey, prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today